They will pursue you. The hunt is all they know. They have your scent, and nothing will stand in their way. They fight with fang and claw, bow and shield, sword and spell. And do you think you will triumph against them? Traveler, what do you know of this land? Do you wish to learn of its law? Come, <laughs> rest your weary feet and warm yourself by the fire. Let's share some mead, listen to tales of misadventure, and learn of Tamriel's rich history with the law seekers. <laughs> ah, here they are now, jibs and cash. Hey, buddy, I do a lot of things to you. To mess with you, but I wouldn't mm. do that. Mm. You know, I don't believe you. Oh, hey, look who's here! Howdy hey, ho, welcome. howdy ho! All right, all right. Well, welcome, traveler. Mm-hmm. Per use, can you hook him up? Yeah. Ooh, um, no, I'm not going to do the rot meth to him. I actually picked up some rot meth. I want to give it another go. Uh-huh. It's still mm. crappy. I mean, I don't want none of that. I don't got time for that. No, <laughs> nobody. No, here nobody we go, bud. Got time for that. All right. Well, uh, so what's been happening? What have you been up to? It's been a, it's been a little while. Yeah, um, it's been uh, it's been a good it's been a good week. Uh, I guess since we're on such a roll, I can't say any of my weeks have been like slow, lazy weeks because they are absolutely not. Mm. Although this was a lazy week in game for me because mm-hmm. the uh, real life situation has kicked me in the nuts, pretty much. Hmm. So, yeah. Even, uh, you know, our friends that we play online with have probably noticed that I've had a rough time logging in and staying logged in, even though I have been on nearly every single day I've logged in. But it's only been, like, time enough for a random daily, maybe a battleground, um, you know, train my horses or my guars. And um, do some crafting grids. And that is about it. Lots and lots of uh, real-life interruption going on this week, which I spoke a little bit about last week, so this week it just continues. But I am having a severe hard time with the urge to roll a new tune. With the urge to roll a new tune? Yes. Really badly. Here's here's the thing. So I want to roll a DK, right? Uh-huh. I want to roll a DPS-based DK. So right now I'm kind of tattering with most builds out there, are like 
some type of either dual wield or two-hander build with a bow on the back bar, which I'm totally cool with. I think that sounds like a really great build because I want to kind of RP this build. I want to make it a I want to make it a wolf build, Mm -hmm. uh, werewolf build. And uh, I don't know. I'm just having a real hard time with race. Mm. I want to go Nord. Yeah, like really badly. But I just don't know if Nord is going to be the best race for Min Max, and I duck because I know there's probably a bunch of people throwing crap at me right now. Mm. But Red Guard, I guess. Yeah. But I can't seem to find the look I really want to go for yeah. in the character creator with the Red Guard. Right. So I, I don't know. Kind of torn right now. You know what, man? I say roll the freaking Nord. Like, I've went back and forth on this numerous times on any tune that I'm making or looking at making. And yes, the Stam is obviously going to be better with the bonuses from the Red Guard race. But you have such a deep history and love for Skyrim. If I were you, I would play the Nord. Just do it. Just do it. You know, sometimes I think your logic just is leaps and bounds past mine. Sometimes I have such a hard time with the whole <laughs> min-max thing, you know? I do, but th- I mean, it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You're right. Just you, you could even try them both. I mean, shoot, just, just make a, you know, a, don't forget the looks. Just type out a name real quick, go test it, and see what feels better in the first five levels. You know? I would, if it were me, you know what, nowadays, because I'm the same boat. Like, anytime I make a, a red card, um, and I, I, I can't find a look that really resonates. And, you know, you're staring at this character for months and, and possibly years down the road, depending on, you know, how long this game's around. And you got to be happy with the way your guy looks. I mean, it's like, I don't know what it is for people, but it... it it's very 50 50 for me and they both go very hand in hand when i'm creating a new tune i want it to look good and i also want the name to look good now most cases i just do jibs the lore seeker nowadays but (laughs) the look is the most important thing for me so right okay i think i'm going to take your advice and i'm going to roll myself a big old giant dual wielding or axe wielding nordy nord there you go i like it there you go all right everybody well welcome this is volume two episode number five of the lore secrets podcast we're your hosts i am jibs and i'm joined by cash welcome back my friends we do have another fun field a week fun field Hmm. not just filled but field week Mm -hmm. with uh some good stuff there have been a lot of well a few, but a few major new things to hit the game as of late, mm-hmm. and I think we both had a chance to dabble a little mm-hmm. bit, so we're going to talk about that. Some really cool things coming up as well, and I think Jibs, tease them. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a little, do a little tease, a little, little tease later. But, uh, so I've had an interesting week in ESO. It's kind of been a reflective week. Uh... So, made the Magblade. Glad I made the Magblade. Got him to 50. Ended up, you know, last week I was really struggling with the whole Battleground situation. I took him to Cyrodiil, kind of modified him a little bit. 
It's going to be my Cyrodiil character. Love his setup. It's good for Cyrodiil. It's a lot of fun. So I think that's where I'm going to leave him for now. And uh, I noticed something that I was doing that I never did. never even occurred to me when I was <laughs> making the Magblade. And this is advice to any person who is who is now starting a new tune. Put armor on him? Yes, put armor. Ar- that's a solid first oh. choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, second, don't just go off of builds. Let me let me preface that with, because, uh, preface all this with this. Don't just go off builds. And if you're going to go off a build, do yourself a favor. If they provide you with a video, make sure you watch the video of how the class plays. And make sure it's something that you really want. Because <laughs> I totally did that with my Magblade. I, d- I did that mostly off of because I've heard so much about them. I knew mostly, for the most part, how they played. And I'm enjoying it. But I will say this, um, it's important if you're following a build, don't solely just go off of, of, of the build uh, and, and you know just immediately go in and start doing dolmens or group, dolmen groups to, to power level or to do battlegrounds. Get out there in the world and really fight. I mean, just go out there and fight mobs. Do some quests because you need to get a feel for how this character plays. You need to get a feel for, okay, what is my, where's my damage really coming from? And so, I say all that to say, I've made another character, again, <laughs> and Jeez. I'm leveling uh, a Dragon Knight. Um, never done one. Um, currently working through, kind of developing, um, going off a little bit of a build, but I'm also kind of making my own. Uh, it's the Gladiator build from All Cast. I'm working with that. And it's fun. It's fun. I went Argonian. So having a good time. Nice. DPS? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That Argonian is going to do you good when it comes to lore. Mm-hmm. When old Merkmeyer comes out, which is going to be here sooner than we all think. Yeah, right? Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, we will talk a little bit about that coming up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, good time. Well, good. I, here's something I just started, and I I put this out on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I thought, maybe hear a few responses, but there was an overwhelming positive response, like, yes, please do this. So remember, for those of you who don't know, Cash and I ran a World of Warcraft guild, what, a year ago at this point, probably? Close to? Yep, something uh, like that. Yeah, and we, we introduced this thing where... Basically, you go through zone by zone, and we'd have a level cap that we do every week, and we would level through WoW together so we can experience the lore. And so it's not just power leveling through dungeons. It is enjoying the part of the game that takes so long to build, and that is the PvE experience, right? Fleshing out all those quests, yeah. all the NPCs, etc. I'm going to do something like that with ESO, I've decided. I have changed Jibs the Lore Seeker from his tattered rags and all that and I've got him he's up he's all furred up with Nord stuff and I am gonna start in East March and go through all of Tamriel quest by quest, delve by delve. I wanna read the lore books, I wanna take my time. I want to experience this game and enjoy the part that the devs took such care. They they've taken such care to put in our hands and so I'm gonna go through everything. 
and just I don't this may take months this may take years I don't know oh yeah it's gonna take some months (laughs) and by the way shut up I love this freaking idea and I I know like you and I our play times are are sometimes (laughs) off they're 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 opposite as much as we try and and play together um the summer has been like I said before yeah just a giant kick in the nuts I mean literally got both of them yeah in one kick. Yeah. Um, so f- for me, it's been very difficult to get in there and dive into as much lore as I want to dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, researching our storyline and stuff like that. That's that's like the funnest time that I have in the game is when I get to go through the zones that we're, that we're traveling through and, you know, find the lore behind those zones. And, and even with our... It's going to resonate a little bit in our... Um, lore lesson today how there's such a big storyline and I kind of wanted just to get back to the basics on it so that's why I like this idea so much and it's funny that you said that you're going to start an East March because I in rolling this Dragonite this has kind of been my issue you know with with my characters um, I want to experience the story too but I'm such a completionist that I want to do it all in one character so most of the stuff that I've done Minus all the crafting and, you know, writs and all that stuff, which I have on a separate character. But I've done most of this on Cash the Lore Seeker. Right. On my my um, Magicus uh, Sork. Yep. And I, I, I really like him. Don't get me wrong. I love that character and I have an attachment to that character. But I want to experience something a little bit different. And I had planned on rolling this Dragonite and starting in the Skyrim Arius. Mm-hmm. That's, East March that's awesome. and such. Yeah, so I don't know if we could hook up and do it. I mean, at least, you know, a night a week, maybe two nights a week or something, we can find some time to run some delves or mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's up there together. It'd be really cool. I think it'd just be cool to get some screenshots with you and I hanging out. I know. it's Because so, I miss you. It's Well, it's true. <laughs> like, we, we literally, we we have the best intentions of always trying to get in game, and and but I am three hours ahead of you. You're three hours behind me, so it's just like our set schedules are totally opposite. Like I'm getting ready to eat lunch when you're getting done with your early morning workout. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. Everyone else, you're totally welcome to do this with me. Um, you guys really sounded like you wanted me to document this. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. Just, uh, it's not gonna be audio. We already got that handled in the after part of episodes but some type of journal entry form maybe put on lorecreatspodcast.com but anyway if you want to follow do this as well i'm totally starting in east march and i'm just going to go at a snail's pace um and just and just go and so we'll probably keep you updated something on the show i don't i don't know what's going to happen but uh something else too i've brought this up numerous times and i really want to do it i just don't know how we're going to do it we're totally going to start dungeon groups and uh, Lore Seekers Guild, uh, the PC version for sure, at least. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know. It's still very much in the planning stages, but I really want to uh, progress through veteran dungeons. Like, me attending Raid Night is very difficult for me, mainly because of, of just real life, uh, real life stuff going on, so I hardly get to make it. But I really want to pick... I really want to progress to that higher-end content. I still believe, man, those veteran dungeons, especially when you <laughs> when you start hard mode... Like you are entering 
raid level difficulty. So um, I really want that achievement. I really want to push through that. So maybe we can maybe we can look at doing that too. That'd be fun. But anyway. I like it. So we do have a show, believe it or not. We got a we got a little podcast for you. Little little pod. Uh, but this. Well, wait a minute. Did you say we have a potty cast? I, I don't know. It just came out. It, it, did it sound like potty? What I like? A, yeah, I feel like an overwhelming urge to go pee. Are you? Are you? Fi- <laughs> Do you gotta go potty before we go? <laughs> I gotta go make potty potties. <laughs> oh well, everybody. Again, welcome to the show. This is Laura Seekers podcast, and uh, if this is your first time hanging out with us, I encourage you to go check out last week's episode. It was episode four, volume two. We talked everything from Moon Hunter Keeps, the preview for it, uh, for Wolf Hunter. Uh, we did uh, the preview for QuakeCon, talked Update 19 PvP editions, and most importantly, we did the Thieves Guild lore lesson. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go check that out. But this week on the show, we are doing our QuakeCon keynote wrap-up, all the goodies. And there, there, was, some, there was some good stuff, good things to talk, to, uh, talk about there. But uh, then we got... Mid-year mayhem stats may actually surprise you to uh, learn just how many people died during mid-year mayhem. <laughs> uh, Wolf Hunter first impressions and a story, or, or excuse me, a lore lesson on the storyline of ESO. Spoiler alert: you may want to hold off if you haven't done the main quest. Right? Is that is that fair? Mm, no, not really. No. Okay. Hey, uh, what I'm going to do is, yeah, I wanted to go. Um, like just bottom level and explain to everybody what what the heck is going on when you roll a character and you land in ESO. We've already talked about, you know, a lot of the stuff with Molag Ball and we've talked about kind of the Cold Harbor stuff. I'm talking even broader than that. Like oh, what is okay. going on in Tamriel during this time? Mm-hmm. Why are there three factions? Why is there a three banners war? Um, what's going, the hell's going on in Cyrodiil? Let's put a little story to what's going on in Cyrodiil. So we're going to be talking very, very basic knowledge of our timeline in ESO. Okay. Well, there you go. I like it. I like it. Look forward to that one. All right. Well, uh, you ready to do the news? We got some, we got some news. Yeah. It's not as heavy as last week, but here I got some. Okay. Starting this off, uh, you know what? Let's just go down, and we will start off with the QuakeCon keynote wrap-up. Now, for those of you who did miss QuakeCon, uh, the wrap-up, or the keynote, as far as is concerned, first hour and a half, pretty much, of, of QuakeCon. Uh, ESO, Gina was there. The other gentleman's name who escapes me was there. I forget. Matt Fyroar. Thank you. I like him a lot. Let's forget his name. Uh, both on stage and announced a few... Interesting things. Number one, we got the release of the Wolf Hunter trailer, which was awesome. It was great. I dug it. Uh, the This one I like. They also announced a new in-game event that's coming next month. And the more people that participate, the greater the rewards. That's Tell me that's not smart, right? Oh, yeah. Want to get people in your game? Here, increase the rewards during events. <laughs> Absolutely. No, like, and it, you know, it's as simple as some of the stuff that they were doing in Rothgar over the past few days. Yeah. Yep. You know, you people want the extra looty loot, so they're going to log into the game during those events. And um, Zoss is outstanding about 
doing, you know, little um, events like that. Even if it's a if, if it's a minor event, there's always something going on. And like even for me, we, we're going to talk about Wolf Hunter first impressions here pretty quick. But I still cannot believe that as fresh as Somerset is, we are already diving into brand new content. Yeah. Yeah. No games are doing that. It's nuts. Yeah. It's like it. we shouldn't be talking about new content right now. Like we, we should not be there yet. You know what I mean? And yet yeah. here we are talking new stuff. Blows my freaking mind. Yep. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, the Merc My trailer that was teased. Did you get a chance to see that, dude? Oh my god! Mm. And I see. I'm already excited for this because I'm going to take my tank, who is an Argonian, mm-hmm. through that content. I mean, I'm probably going to have to respect him because otherwise, it'll take me about 45 minutes to kill a mob. But right. Um, yeah, I'm very, very excited. They made it super mysterious. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff and the, you know, the the um, different areas of the zones mm-hmm. are just look amazing. So I'm really pretty excited about it. So super Argonian, it's crazy. The architecture, the landscape, the the dankness of the uh, of the swamp. It's gonna be good. That's gonna be a fun zone to run through. I agree. It's like. I haven't been this excited for, well, shoot, since Somerset. I mean, it's it's it kind of has that same vibe of Somerset because for me, you know, going finally getting back and going to Somerset, you know, with the whole high elf thing. Well, now we're doing this with the Argonian, and I really feel like I mean I know we've covered them on a lore lesson, but man, I feel like it's such a a under uh, appreciated slash under talked about race as far as everything that goes into what makes up an Argonian. So I totally look forward to checking that out. I totally agree too. You see the housing and you see the structures and this totally has that swamp feel to it. Very cool looking. Dude, the mount. Yes. Oh my gosh. Did you see that teaser of that mount? Oh my God. Explain it to him. You remember what it was? Okay. Yeah. So it... It almost looks like a tyrannosaur's head mm-hmm. on a uh, on a quadruped, so four legs. <laughs> um, it's yeah. like a green. It's a it's a green. Uh, I don't even want to say lizard looking. It's definitely reptilian. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like it has a tyrannosaur's head with spikes all over it. Um, but it ha- almost has the body of like a large cat. Yeah. It is awesome. And I'm sure you're going to run into this animal in Merkmire, mm-hmm. in that zone. But to see this mount that they're teasing um, really kind of got my goat a little bit about the about more of the mystery. Like, what the F is that thing? Right. I want one so bad now. So yeah. um, watch the trailer. It's right around the 25-second mark. You'll see an Argonian walking around on this um, on this new mount that I'm I'm sure it's going to be available for us to either, well, yeah, spend your crowns on. Well, if if they but can, it's really cool if looking. They can get us to spend crowns. You know, it'll be in there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, it looks awesome. I love the fact that, um, dude. I was just looking the other day. Do you realize we have an ESO right now 
including the Wolf Hunter DLC. We now have 34 dungeons in this game. Yeah, that's unprecedented. Dude. And they're all good. Yeah. There's... Every single one of them <laughs> are fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. I agree 100%. Like, it's... like The only other game to to get around that would be one that's been out for, you know, 10-plus years at this point. Like, I... Right. I mean, this is just like, and not just that, but the fact, but the fact that you've also got public dungeons. You've got uh, in the delves. You got um, shoot the raids. The raids are good now. I mean, it's just when this game, and I will say this, when this game first launched all those years ago, and we played it, I'm like, I want to love you. Let me love you. You're not there yet, but dude, fast forward four years, it just mind blown like it is these are very much the golden years of ESO right now and there's just more content coming like <laughs> it's just ridiculous right. it's crazy i mean they have a they have a development team that is on a cycle of just producing some top notch content and that you know is what that's what keeps us around and then i mean look at us we are constantly Talking about rolling new characters that take through a lot of this content. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really happy about the pace and I'm really happy about the pure amount of gameplay that there is to be had, even still. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And it's just about to get even better, by the way, for those of us who subscribe every month. The. ESO Plus system is getting an update with Merkmire, which is coming. I'm imagining Merkmire is going to come probably, what, like October, November? I don't know if it would come before or after the Halloween event. I feel like it'd make more sense to come after the Halloween event. I mean, they know their schedule. Me but too. Just look at outside looking in, I feel like that's going to be after the event, November. Um, yeah, but this is fantastic. We talked about this a few episodes ago. We're pretty stoked to see that they're actually doing this. Um, we had mentioned, man, we really would like to see some kind of increase to the crowns per month, and they're totally doing this with Merkmire. With the ESO Plus system, they're going to uh, do a full article on this later in the year uh, with a you know official release and all that kind of all those little goodies there. Uh, but we're going from 1,500 crowns a month to 1,650 crowns per month. So 1,650 crowns per month, which is, yep. you know, it's it, it, it's good. It's good. I mean, you know, you can't complain when you're getting more crowns. I mean, no, I'd be the, f- no, it's not a crazy extra amount, but it yeah. is, it's something extra. And, you know, I, maybe they're listening to the folks out there that, you know, Hey, for that amount of money a month, um, and let's face it, the things on the crown store are expensive. They're very, yeah. They're not cheap. Nope. And the only reason I say that is because I spend some money <laughs> on the crown Cash store. Cash keeps them in business. Oh, <laughs> my. Um, I may or may not have hit the button on uh, the largest crown you know, package there, twice. There would have, what? What? During, Twice. Twice? Stupid, I know. But I already burned through one. Oh my gosh. Twice? 
Yeah. In one twice. sale? Dude, it was on sale. Oh, my gosh. And I burned through one. So. Let's talk to your sponsor. Let's talk up. <laughs> you are my sponsor. You were no help. I'm the enabler. You don't want me as a sponsor. Jeez. You're just uh, uh, constantly in my ear like, do it. You know you want to. <laughs> just do it. Just buy another crown crate pack. <laughs> Jeez. It's so cheap. It's not really cheap, but do it anyway. <laughs> so I totally love this. Uh, we're getting the extra crowns. We're also going to be getting exclusive offers, including a free item every month, which is awesome. I think that's great. I'm going to add one thing to this I would love to see. We need to be able to have more character slots by default given to us. Instead of, what is it, seven or eight? I think it's eight we start out with. Yes. I'm, I, I, I feel like we really, as subscribers, give us more uh, character slots to make more tunes. Because I just, I don't know. Like, I, I look at other, I, I, at this point, like, when I talk about this, I'm looking at other MMOs, what they're doing, how they're doing it, you know, as far as characters are concerned, as far as the amount of slots I would love to see that, uh, but you know they're already giving us more crowns, so I don't know. You know, I don't know what's gonna happen. But Here, here's here's an idea for you. Hmm. How about you have some willpower? <laughs> <laughs> I say this in jest because I have the same freaking problem. Mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly looking like at new builds and new characters and stuff, and now I'm sitting on. At least six characters, because I've only bought one slot, yeah, one extra slot, so I have nine slots. Yeah, I'm sitting on at least six characters that I do not play, <laughs> and that are at level fifty, and I still, I still train their mounts every day. So, like, to delete one of those characters, you know, hurts my soul. Like a little <laughs> bit of me dies every time. The guar loses a scale, and every yet I. I know, and yet I still want to add more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Struggle is real. Struggle is real. I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got five total 50s now at this point, and I look at one, and I'm like, I have no use for you at all. A sore keeler. I have absolutely zero use for him. Oh, yeah, dude. I dumped him a long time ago. I did. I did did dump my sore keeler because we we, um, leveled those up together. Yeah. Yep, and I liked him. He was cool. I loved the way he looked. Yep. I enjoyed the heal because you know I still run a matriarch on on my main. Yep, Sork and uh, man, that's just such a fat immediate heal. I just cannot not have that with me when I'm soloing. Right, even in dungeons, you know, like I'm just like I have to apologize to the healer sometimes because that's part of my rotation. I hit that button and. Anybody that's near me gets a giant heal, and he's kind of like, hey, somebody else healing? Uh, sorry, bud. That's just part of my rotation. But, you know, not really a complaint. Just more right. like a, is that me? <laughs> no, bro. That's not that's not all you. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I, I did like healing on that character. I just don't see that that character was stronger than my Templar. And I know it's we've mentioned it before. Night, night. And, yeah. Yeah, that's why my my temp is when I'm yep. you know called to heal, I pop out the Templar. Right, right, agreed. 
Agreed. So, yeah, all kinds of wonderful goodies coming to us uh, in the future. Hopefully, um, you know, this just continues and keeps getting better and better. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, for those of you who may have missed... We'll do the PvP. Let's do the PvP now. We're kind of skipping around this morning. We're, we had an order, but, you know, we're just kind of skipping. So, for those of you who may have missed it, uh, the Mid-Year Mayhem Field Report is out. I know Dom put this together. And some other people were involved. Thank you guys so much. You guys did a great job on this. And uh, here's some stats. Cash, I'm going to drop these to you. You ready? Drop it on me like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, here we're going to start with the Alliance War because I'm biased and I like Battlegrounds. So for the Alliance War, 703,162 keeps and resources were captured. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2,515 Elder Scrolls were stolen. The Whoa. deadliest keep in Cyrodiil, which I fought here and died here, and we also took it, and I totally agree with this, was Fort... Alessius. Fort... Uh, has that... Aleswell? Aless- oh, yeah. Aleswell? Yeah. Okay. Is that one? Uh, 3.37 million siege weapons were deployed... That's a lot. Dude, that's a lot. Dude. Yeah. Uh, and then the biggest number coming out of, of the Alliance War, check this out. Deaths. 7.5 plus million warriors who were killed in Cyrodiil. Oh, that's terrible. That's a lot of insurance claims. God rest your soul. <laughs> For Imperial City, 356 plus million Telvar stones were pilfered. Wow. 245,616 Imperial City districts were captured. 16 plus million Deidre destroyed. I like that stat. Mm -hmm. 493,000 player characters killed in the Imperial City. That's not a small number, really, when you consider it. Um, Oh, my word. Yeah. And then this one's my absolute most favorite type of pvp and that is battlegrounds that being said most winningest team fire drakes at 50,629 wins good job fire drakes pre-maids great looking armor by the way and the new outfit styles uh objectives captured Whew. these are my peeps playing for the objective i'd love to see this 2.8 plus million objectives captured nice 247,070 Chaos Balls were dropped. That's how many players died yeah, right I there. Can, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's see, most brutal battleground was Foyeta Quarry. And the biggest number coming out of the battleground section was 8,973,957 people killed. You know, you'd think that the um, politics behind the battleground arenas and the people putting it on might think there was an issue with it when that many people died (laughs) and maybe outlaw it. But oh no, this is Tamrael, my friends. Mm. You know, one thing I'd like to see, I was thinking about this the other day. I would like to see a 12, somehow, some way... I don't know if this would stretch the lore too much, uh, but I would love to just see like a 12v12 
or like a 15v15. Doesn't matter what alliance you're a part of, Battleground. Yeah, with bigger uh, objectives. Yeah. Like a bigger battleground with bigger yeah, objectives. Yeah, something and bigger. Stuff where you could sneak around a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, like a mini Cyrodiil. Something like that. Yeah, just something that's bigger where it's not so tied to the Alliance War that it's just, you know, you could, you could freaking just queue up. doesn't matter what Alliance you're part of. Just get like in and go. Like a keep. Yes, something. Like, like a keep. Like, yeah. a, um, like they just snatched a keep out of Cyrodiil and they plopped it into a battleground for like a skirmish type of... Yeah. Event where it lasted a little bit longer, kind of like Alterac Valley mm. in WoW, mm. which was fun. Mm-hmm. God, that's actually a really kind of a cool idea. And then, yeah, you, you vie for, for the resources that are around it. Yeah. And the winner is the one that captures the Elder Scroll. There you go. Something like that. The Elder Scroll is mine. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And speaking of loving something, how's that for a segue? Wolf Hunter, baby. Oh, well, just real quick. I I wanted to, real quick before we move on from that one, I want to um, console Zoss. Um, You know, hopefully um, next year, the Mid-Year Mayhem event will be a little bit more successful. (laughs) Sounds like it really tanked this year. (laughs) Because clearly there really wasn't a whole lot of people fighting. Yeah. Really oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, dude, we were part of that. Yeah, we were. I love seeing I mean, numbers. we were pretty invested yeah. in PvP for a couple of weeks. I think by the time it was done, like, our lore alarms were going off like, Yeah. Dudes, it's time. Get your butts back in Tamriel and learn some stuff about the lore. Yeah. Which we did. We did. Now we're back. Yeah. But, uh Yeah. Uh, unbelievable stats, and I just I love that they can track all that stuff, and it just goes to show a lot more people trying out different aspects of the game, and super super successful event. It was well done, and thank you. Yep, had a blast. Agreed, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, so Wolf Hunter's out been out for a week for pc yeah. players console players getting it later this month you want to talk our first impressions you want to go through this here hmm? Hmm? yep okay so have, have what have you gotten any time in with wolf hunter yes i played i mean i will preface it with this my week has been hellish <laughs> yeah and my game time has been lackluster over the past week darn those All fires still able to get in What's that? Darn those fires. Yeah, just, you know, all that stuff going on and me just having to be, although I wasn't deployed on any of them, but I was at work covering for our good folks who were. Right. I mean, they've been, one of them, one unit's still gone. I mean, they're looking at like three weeks now, but I have just been at work most of the time I've been there. And it's just busy. Summertime in my city is very, very, very busy time. So my game time has been lackluster over the past couple of weeks. But right. last night I did get into Moon Hunter Keep. I've been trying to like Ooh, yeah. do lore, research for our storyline, and be queued at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's I was so surprised when you queue for specific dungeons how long the queues were oh just gosh. to get into one yes. of these new ones. I'm like, really? Yeah. 
So if you're looking to do one of these keeps or one of these, um, the either Moon Hunter Keep or March of Sacrifices, get a pre-made and go in. It's the easiest way to do it um, because for some reason the queues are like hellaciously long. So I agree. I was only able to get into Moon Hunter Keep one time mm-hmm. within my my play schedule for the for the week, mm-hmm. and um, it's only been out a few days, but. I got into it last night, and unfortunately, I was halfway through and got interrupted and had to leave, um, which I'm sure was everybody's favorite. Mm. You know, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, you guys, I have to leave. And, mm-hmm. yeah, sure you do. But, uh, um, but, man, was it a cool landscape. It was Moonhunter Keep, mm-hmm. and we got to go through the – there's, like, a little maze in there. Oh, man, that was cool. And, well, you start in, like, a prison, and then you work your way through this kind of a maze – and the bosses are fun. There's a, a lot of AOE going around. There's elements that are healing the bosses that you got to take out quickly. Yep. And then we got to, oh, God, what is her name? Myosa? Mycosa? Fe- or, uh, Ma- starts with the name. Yeah, sounds very, very familiar. I'll look it up. Female, a female um, werewolf. Mm-hmm. We got to her, and she was she was really fun to fight. She does this thing where if you don't interrupt her, she, like, dives on you and just starts ravaging you like all the werewolves do. Mylene. Mylene, yes. And if you don't interrupt it, you're dead. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. Can't block it, can't shield it. She'll one-shot you, and, and you die. So you really have to work together as a synergistic group. If somebody gets pounced, you've got to interrupt that super quick. Otherwise, you're going to be resin them pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and then like we got to the, I didn't research any of this stuff before we got in. I just dove Same. right into, yeah. into the, into the, um, dungeon. Um, we got her down to 42% and something happens at 42% where you cannot damage her anymore. And then unfortunately I had to get up in a haste and leave and then wasn't able to get back in. So I'm going to have to look at that mm-hmm. and see, and I'm sure you guys have a bunch of you folks who are listening have already been through that before. Um, so feel free, you know, if you want to tweet us or something and let us know what's going on with that at that 42%, what you got to do. Otherwise, I'll just research it. But I was like, okay, so there's something else. I'm like running around the whole little arena like, okay, what is there, a clicky click something or, you know, what do I got to do? So I found that very, very interesting that we figured out the first mechanic where we got to interrupt. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, you're going to lose your group because they all get one-shotted one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got through that part and then we had to try and overcome the second part. Cause we, I mean, we were on her for like two minutes at 42% just going, okay, she's not budging. We're missing something. So we wiped. And then in the process of that wipe, I had to leave. So, right. There is a, um, sorry. it's cool. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just saying it was cool. But unfortunately that's all that I've been able to experience so far. I haven't even done the PVP map. Um, I did start acquiring some of the item sets though. Did you? Uh, within, yeah, well, yeah, the first few bosses that we were able to kill, I got some of the uh, jailer, some of the jailer set. Nice. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, that's, it's so funny you say Moon Hunter Keep because it's the exact dungeon that I did. And that's the only one I've been able to get into. I haven't been able to get into March Sacrifices yet. And I just, right off the top, I mean, the Keep itself, uh, this is, this is right now, my new favorite dungeon. Like it's, it's so incredibly well done that you just like I, I want to go back 
more, and especially, you know, if, if we can get this vet dungeon group together or, or something just to progress through the, this on vet. Like, I want to take this as far as it can be taken. Beautiful dungeon. The mechanics are there. I mean, you're when you're in that maze, you know, it's there's just the healing mechanics that, that are happening to the boss. It's it's so refreshing in a way. Like, it's just, you're, you're there's so much happening in front of you. Um, plays really well. I absolutely love it. And that being said, if I, I made it through the whole dungeon, was able to make it through. It was a really fun group. It, this was filled with people. Absolutely none of us had done it before. We were all doing the quest for the, for the same time, first time. And, I mean, when we got to bosses, and we wiped numerous times, and there was never any rage. It was the best experience I've ever had in a dungeon group as far as for, for, for like everybody that's new. We got to bosses when we wiped. We're like, okay, any ideas? And we're like, hey, try this. Let's try this. Let's tweak that. And then we go. And it was so much fun. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. There are, in my honest opinion, there are boss fights that are, I think, more intense leading up to Vicosa than actually the Vicosa boss fight itself. Like some of these boss mechanics before you get to Vicosa, it's very intense, and it, it's it it. I guess there's more happening with Vicosa, but it just with these pre mini bosses, everything is happening at like it seems like an elevated pace. Everything is happening so much faster. And oh yes, and, correct. And like so, it just makes it that much more intense. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at a guide right now. It doesn't say anything about what's going on at that 42% on... It's Mylene Mooncaller mm-hmm. is um, is this particular boss that we ran into, and uh, she is awesome looking. She's, I mean, she's just a naked werewolf, and she just looks sinister, but it's a, re- it's a fun fight. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to figure out. It doesn't really say anything about the old 42%. It says she enrages. Yeah, she'll enrage, and then what happens is there is a warden ad that will spawn. You kill the warden. You got The tank has to bring Mylene over to the circle that forms at the corpse of the dead warden, which will get rid of the enrage buff. Then... Maybe that's what she had. Maybe she had that enrage buff. Yeah, I'm looking at this. There's a, and we'll link this too. Maybe it'd be worth going through dungeon, uh, this dungeon as a, just a guide for for new people. I don't know, but we'll have this linked at our uh, episode page, LoreSeekersPodcast.com. So um, anyway, it, good dungeon, good, yeah. good dungeon. Um, did you get a chance to do the new battleground yet? Nope. I, I haven't touched PvP since the event. Whew. It's uh interesting. It is interesting. It's good. Um there's a couple things that need to be tweaked possibly. One being when you leave the battle when you leave the initial starting area and you mount up, the moment you land because you take damage, it'll kick you off. And so it takes you that extra second to get mounted back up and then catch up. So there you- that stinks. Uh, another thing I've noticed is you can have your pet out, apparently. Um, like like what pet? Like your non, non-combat, non-combat pet? Non-combat pet. 
Oh, perfect. I'm bringing out my goat for sure. <laughs> uh, now, mind you, um, these are I'm assuming some of these are bugs or whatever, but it really it it played through really well. It's an awesome awesome battleground. There's so many little things to it. Um the the Colosseum area is just gorgeous. There's little like shafts of water um for sewers off in the sides. It's very cool for good fights. But he said shaft. The, <laughs> shaft. And so you got to get rid of the the pets are that's got to go. And I really would like to be able to mount up when I first start and then go instead of run off then mount then go. It's just kind of a, a slight annoyance, but great, great battleground. I like it, and I know we've said this numerous times. I want to see where this goes. I want to see where they take the next battleground. You know what I mean? Question for you, Mister Jibs. Mm-hmm. Did you notice if the mount speed was governed, or is it your mount speed? You know, I think it was governed. I can't. Okay. I don't have a stat to confirm that, and maybe that's something I need to reach out for confirmation for. But I distinctly remember being mounted up. I had popped my Alliance speed buff, Alliance War speed buff. And everyone was following at the same speed. So, huh. oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't have over overlooked that. I mean, Zostis not overlooked that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for balance, good. It was a good. So far, this is a great DLC, man. I have zero. You know, the grand scheme of things, I have zero complaints. This was brilliantly executed. The close quarter dungeon fights that you have in Moon Hunter Keep is very unique. Very unique. Very good dungeon. Um, yeah, we'll probably keep talking about it next week. So. I like it. It's good. Very good. All right, well, that is the news for this morning. And that being said, if there was something that we talked about that you really like or you really have an opinion about, please call us. We want to hear from you. 765 382 6961 try to keep your voicemail to around a minute and we can play it on the show here for us but uh or you can email us lower secrets podcast at gmail.com so i'm ready for that lore man i'm ready let's see big spells you today think so huh big spells ready i might have forgotten it okay ready? Yeah. yeah i'm ready okay well close your eyes and give me a foot jeez man right up in my grill Okay. All right. Well, I just you know I'm getting real excited. All right. I don't. A little too excited. That's freaking weird. Something about, well, you know, lore, man. Take a step back. Okay. All right. God. All right. All right. I'm good. Space invader. <laughs> what do you think I am, the prophet? Okay. You're getting better. Uh-huh. You're getting better. Still got it. Yeah. Still got it. All right. All right. Okay. So anyway, uh, my lore book this week. Yeah, so I open her up. I know that we have gone through, what, this is 23 different lore lessons. We have covered a lot of content. We have a very solid foundation on the divine beings, the races, some of the geography of Tamriel, the villains, saviors of Tamriel. So we wanted to kind of get back to the basics and give you an idea of what's really going on in Tamriel as we live and play through our characters' stories. So we figured it'd be a good idea to dive 
right back into a little bit deeper explanation of the storyline of ESO. Not necessarily giving spoilers, but just setting the foundations for what you're going to find in each of the different zones and why certain people are here and um, what the motivations are for each of the factions and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And who the heck are the factions? How are they How are they brought together and why are they all vying for control in Cyrodiil? But what, what is so, that? I noticed that last episode. What? Is there is there multiple eyes that you're pronouncing there? Yes, there's two eyes in Cyrodiil. That's why I say Cyrodiil. All right. Well, I didn't know if you were stroking out last episode. And I didn't say anything, so I'm just going to confirm. Oh, the last thing I want to do is confuse you with a word. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. You're a douche. Yes. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So it's important to know that a few years before we even stepped foot in Tamriel, a terrible arcane explosion rocked the Imperial City. You do get to see part of this in your main storyline. Um, but this explosion is known as a soul burst. It killed many people. It caused like freakish, unseasonable weather and affected just about every province in Tamriel. Hmm. Earthquakes shook the ground, storm fronts eroded the landscapes, and volcanoes erupted across the land, everywhere from Skyrim to Morrowind to the coastlines of Valen Wood and beyond. The soul burst was caused by a fallen mage, now Necromancer. We talked about him plenty of times before. His name is Manamarco. Hmm. And what it caused was an arcane tear between Mundus and Oblivion. This was what was needed in order for Molag Ball to kind of slip in. Because remember that Manamarco and Manamarco is basically the lackey, a lackey for Molag Ball. But Manamarco, by tricking the moth priest, Varen Aquilarios, which is also known as the prophet, our good friend with bad hips, he was... Had had he was the new emperor of Cyrodiil, so Manamarco, what he did, he, ha- he harnessed the power from the Amulet of Kings, and you'll know that there's a struggle to find the Amulet of Kings in your main quest line. Mm-hmm. And he also was able to disparage the newly lit dragon fires to cause the soul burst, which sent af- aftershocks to every corner of Tamriel. As Nern was literally pulled closer to the realm of Cold Harbor, which is Molag Ball's stomping grounds. That's his shtick. Mm. So Nern, because of the soul burst, was literally unhinged from the very fabric of the multiverse, moving toward Molag Ball's realm of domination and enslavement. This, of course, was a threat to all existing races on Tamriel. So what happens as a result? Dark anchors begin to fall across the land. You've all seen them and heard them. And they embed into the very surface of Nern. So the dark anchors are these very powerful magical constructs, which are actually portals from Cold Harbor directly into Tamriel, and they spread at a very, very rapid rate. So you take care of one, another one's going to drop. Having taken control of the Imperial City in Cyrodiil, Molag Ball's plan is perfectly timed. So, one of the factions, the Daggerfall Covenant, under attack from the undead, 
and an unlikely alliance arises between Somerset, Phelanwood, and elsewhere, which, of course, is the Daggerfall Covenant. Um, actually, sorry, I just lied. Okay. <laughs> the High Elf... That's <laughs> actually, it's actually the... Um, but... Um, so the High Elves, the Wood Elves, and the Khajiit band together to thwart the threat and battle the two other factions that are formed in the north and east between Blackmarsh, Morrowind, and Skyrim. We're, we're going to talk about all these. Uh-huh. But they're all battling for control and the retaking of the White Gold Tower, which is now under Daedric control. So if you've run the White Gold Tower dungeon, it's loaded with Daedra. Mm-hmm. Because at this particular time, Molag Bal has taken control of Cyrodiil and the Imperial City and the White Gold Tower. That made a lot of sense to me now that I research and write about it. Right. So here's a little fun fact for you. During this time, necromancy has been declared legal by the Empire. We talked about this before when we talked about necromancy. And the Arcane University, once home to the Mages Guild, has been turned over to the Necromancers of the Worm Cult. What? Who all, yeah, they all work for Molag Balbag. And that's why they're opening portals to bring in Daedra. Wow. Yeah. Thought you might like that. Now let's cover the alliances. Okay. The Daggerfall Covenant. One of the three. This is founded uh, in High Rock in the Second Era, year 567, under High King Emric. The Daggerfall Covenant aims to remain traditionalist at heart and reclaim the Second Empire, forging peace and prosperity throughout Tamriel. Now, these three races that make up the Daggerfall Covenant were traditionally enemies, the Bretons, the Red Guards, and the Orcs. But they all united when their territories were threatened by Molagbal's enemies. And there was also a major opposing of the marriage of High King Emric to a Redguard princess from Hammerfell. Hmm. So the unification of these three races led to stability in the region. And remember, this is all a, a little bit before when they, when they all unified. So the unification led to stability in the reason, despite severe racial differences in the covenant. You know, their traditional differences are they're set in stone, but they all came to look beyond their differences and bound together to restore a peaceful way of life. Now, the Red Guard in particular, although they were the fewest in number in the alliance, they more than made up for their lack of numbers because of their tactical prowess on the battlefield. And we definitely have talked about that. I won't mm-hmm. even go over that anymore. They are the badasses of the battlefield by far. Yep. The orcs were bound by a sense of honor to King Emric. Um, and they had truly, orcs had truly believed that the Bretons had earned their loyalty. So they served as the Daggerfall Covenant's most uh, most vicious infantry and provided weapons from uh, the most accomplished orc smiths, which we talked about before. The orcs are, are very, very good uh, in the area of making weapons and armor. Mm-hmm. So the Bretons themselves, High King Emmerich being one of them, or the masters of politics, masters of mercantilism and negotiation. So they kind of puppeted this whole thing. And then, of course, the Bretons are also very, very good at the arcane arts and elemental manipulation. Um, 
so they also were very, very formidable on the battlefield. But that's kind of the history behind the Daggerfall Covenant and why those three races ended up together in a unified, unified alliance. Now let's talk the Aldmeri Dominion. Definitely the youngest of all three alliances, but the Aldmeri Dominion was formed and led by the Altmer of Somerset. They're very, very influential people, and they believed it was their duty, the Altmer, believed it was their duty to take up arms against the other factions in order to restore elven rule to Tamriel and to vanquish the forces of Molag Ball from the mortal plane. Hmm. At the same time, Imperials from Colovia and Nibene were openly invading the regions of Valenwood and elsewhere. So these are two factions of men invading the areas of the Bosmer and the Khajiit. Both Bosmer and Khajiit, Mur and then a beast race. So they both were a little pissed off at the men. Mm. And they also wanted to vanquish them from their homeland because these Imperials were invading these areas. So the Imperials basically were assaulting the regions for their resources so they could be more powerful in battle and build their armies and all that. But the Bosmer and Khajiit will join forces with the Altmer in a very unlikely alliance just to defend their homelands from this invasion. So Beast Race and then two races of, of Myrrh get together to combat the races of men. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. Agreed. So, a few High Elves were known to have left their isolationist ways on Somerset to join the fight on the mainland. There wasn't that many that came over. But, because of the Altmer's influence, they still lead the Dominion's strategic vision. And they, their main goal is to restore elven power and to end the tyranny of the empires of men. The heart of the Aldmeri Dominion is in Eldenroot because it's on, it's in Valenwood and it is, becomes the logistical base of the Aldmeri Dominion even though not all Bosmeri tribes had fully committed to the Dominion, they still provided a valuable contribution and when I talk about the Bosmeri tribes, I specifically mean the ones that still follow the Green Pact. They weren't fully sold on the whole thing. Hmm. But they still saw the need because of the people, because of the men coming into their territories to invade, they still saw the need to support the invasion or the um, uh, defensive forces of the Aldmeri Dominion to try and keep those men out. So what even those tribes did is they led the forces of the Aldmeri Dominion through the super dense woodland realm that was Valenwood because it's very, very difficult to navigate. But these Bosmeri tribes know it like the back of their hand. So that's kind of how they where they put their contribution. Gotcha. And then, yeah. And, they, you know, because they really wanted to evict the foreign invaders from their land and they felt that they needed to contribute in some way. Right. And it probably left them crap ton of fresh corpses for them to eat Mm -hmm. Uh all right so let's talk a little bit about still aldmeri dominion let's talk a little bit about the khajiit and why they joined the aldmeri dominion they felt indebted to the altmer and we've talked about this before but the altmer assisted the khajiit during the blight of the kanatan flu this was one of the deadliest diseases to ever infect the populace of tamriel and it's specifically 
decimated the Khajiit. Um, so having received that help from the Altmer during their time of need, the Khajiit joined the Altmeri Dominion and they provided unmatched skill in battle. They're outstanding in battle. Um, they really became the main force of the Alliance military. Um, and they had this inept ability to instill fear in the hearts of their enemies just because of you know how quick they were, how stealthy they were, and then how fierce they were in battle. So real quick fun fact about the Kanatan flu. The Kanahatan flu. That's how I would have said it, just to, yeah. just to be clear. It's a good thing I did. Yeah, yeah the Kanahatan flu. Indirectly, the Kanahatan flu was one of the main causes of the Three Banners War. And Three Banners War is just what we're talking about. That's exactly what this war is, the war between these three alliances for control of the imperial city in Cyrodiil. This flu destroyed the royal family of Wayrest, bringing High King Emric to the throne, right? Because, because it wiped out the royal family of Wayrest, it allowed room for High King Emric to move in. That's where he built the Daggerfall Covenant. The flu decimated elsewhere where the Khajiit live, motivating the Khajiit to join the Aldmeri Dominion out of gratitude for the Altmer who came to their aid. And then the flu also gave the Argonians, remember this flu was not, uh, the Argonians were not uh, super affected by this, but the flu gave the Argonians enough independence to join the Evanhart Pact as equals to the Dunmer rather than as slaves. Gotcha. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the the Argonians as we go through the Evanhart Pact, but... Um, mm-hmm. It seems like all they wanted was like validation, like such a like such a mellow race, yeah. until they're until they're crossed, yeah. And then it really seems like their motivation for this was just, hey, we'll fight with you, but you treat us as equals. I mean, how freaking sad is that? Super sad. But anyway, it's sad. Yeah, because they were. I mean, they were enslaved, and we'll talk about their freaking baseline hatred for the for the dark elves is kind of crazy. So the Evanhart Pact. This pact was created through pure necessity. And the alliance of the Evanhart Pact is definitely the most volatile. So the races of the Nord, the Dunmer, and the Argonians all hold a deep-seated resentment and distrust for one another. Like bitter, bitter distrust for one another. But they still shared uh, hatred for the races that they fought against. In order to, you know, in order to really prove strong enough to unite them all under one common banner. Here's a little fun fact. One would think that because of the vast geographical separation between the regions of Skyrim with the Nords, Morrowind and the Dunmer, and Black Marsh and the Argonians, there's such a wide landscape between them all. You'd think that that would cause discord in itself amongst the Alliance, amongst the Evanhart Pact but it actually helped to strengthen their bond. And here's why. Each of the races had such a vast area of their own to maintain, there were no internal squabbles over territories. Like this area is ours, this area is yours. Yeah, because everything was so separated. So it eliminated one potential issue between these three races who already loathed each other because of history. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. 
Okay, so the Evan Hart Pact was formed 10 years before the events of ESO. It was actually formed in the second era, year 572. And it was formed when the Nord, Dunmer, and Argonian races fought side by side to repel the Akaviri invasion ravaging northeast Tamriel. A council of equals was formed between all three of these races, and it was known as the Great Moot, as an M-O-O-T. The Nords, having already conquered almost the entirety of Tamriel at one point, had a sense of entitlement to control of the land. They, they were um, responsible for defeating the Aliots, which we've talked about. They fought the Altmer out of High Rock and overtook most of Morrowind before the time of the Dark Elves. So they had this conquest built in them. Mm. Um, and then, of course, they're 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 known to be very pow- powerful warriors and fierce in battle. And the Nords just truly terrify their enemies because of their size and just the fact that they can go absolutely berserk in battle. Right. Okay. To complement the ferocity of the Nords in battle, the Dunmer were outstanding at diplomacy, subterfuge, and martial tactics, which we talked about when we covered the Dunmer. They were invaded, their territories were invaded throughout history, and they learned to trust absolutely no one. So the Dunmer, very, very secular. Hmm. So the oppression that had plagued them in the past and their history um, of quelling threats against their own freedom really prepped them for this conflict. So they felt right at home um, defending themselves within the Evanhart Pact. Now the Argonians... Very level-headed, very calm, very intelligent. For years and years have been slaved by the Dark Elves and therefore have a deep mistrust of the race. And if you've gone through any of the quest lines in those zones, you can feel it. I mean, it's palpable. Hmm. But desperate times call for desperate measures. So the Argonians, who excel in the area of guerrilla warfare... Uh, have been known to use the surrounding environment on the battlefield to strike at their enemies. And then for the Ebonheart Pact, they serve as scouts and skirmishers. And then they, they're able to basically disrupt and harass the enemy at every turn. So that kind of gives a, a brief history of where these alliances came from and what they're fighting for in Tamriel. You have kind of two things going on. On the mainland of Tamriel, you have this uh, all these different invasions going on. You have Molagbal's forces moving in through dark anchors and all these portals that the Worm Cult is opening up and releasing Daedra into the world. And at the same time, the very seat of power in Tamriel is up for grabs. It's whoever can get in there, vanquish the Daedra, take back the White Gold Tower, and defeat the other two alliances will claim Tamriel, for the most part. They'll claim uh, Cyrodiil. Whoever claims Cyrodiil claims Tamriel. Hmm. So it's it's kind of cool. I mean, what do you got? What do you think... Uh, do you think they'll ever end the Three Banner War? Like someone will actually claim it in an expansion? Uh, I don't know, man. They, get, they would have to do... They'd have to come up with some additional storyline for like the PvP threat. zone. Yeah, yeah, so I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think it serves as a good platform mm. for the ongoing battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the way that they've kind of written this into the lore. 
I could yeah. see if there was ever a um, like a sequel game to mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Online, how the storyline would advance. But right. as of now, nope, I doubt it. Agreed. Mm. Uh, yeah. So this conflict between all the alliances is known as the Three Banners War. Daggerfall Covenant, All Married Dominion, and Ebonheart Pact. Obviously, because each of them flies their own banner. There's three alliances, the Three Banners War. Also known as the Alliance War. Each alliance, fighting for what they believe to be right and just, puts forth their best soldiers on the front lines of Cyrodiil as they vie for control. At the same time, the heroes, which are us, playing in the PvE content, fight across the landscape of Tamriel to quell the threat of Molag Ball and his dark anchors, as he floods Daedra and Undead into our world. So wherever you choose to make your stand, we felt it was important for you to understand the motivations behind your character and the motivations behind each of these um, alliances so that you have an educated choice when you roll a new character and you choose a faction. Mm. So anyway... I hope you guys enjoyed that. Good luck and safe travels out there. It is a dangerous world and lots of stuff to be quelled. Hmm. That is good. Uh, Gosh, it gives you a lot to think about your faction, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, man, I got to go back and do a faction change now for most of my Mm -hmm. dudes. Not happening. Ald Mary, thank you very much. That's right. Queen forever. Okay. Oh, hey. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands She's only. So good at finding us. It's almost creepy. Uh, thank you, sir. Mail time. You ready for some mail? Let's do it. Okay. Hmm. This first one coming to us from Rex sixty nine says, "Guys, love the show. I'm gonna make this short and sweet. What is one of the best invest- investments you can make when leveling a character?" Hmm. Kind of a loaded question. Hmm. You want to take the lead? <sighs> when leveling a character, one of the best investments. You know, it, it is kind of a loaded question because there's a lot of different areas you can take that yeah. to make your your leveling experience better, faster, make your character more powerful. So it really depends. So let's yeah, maybe we'll take it a little bit at a time. If you want to level quickly... I think one of the best things that you can do is have experience scrolls. Um, you can purchase Sigic Ambrosia, which is not cheap, but it is a um, consumable that will increase your experience. And the all these experience buffs will stack. So if you're looking to quickly level your character, you can do so by getting the consumables and then also getting scrolls, stack them, and... Go do dolmens. Go do you definitely PvP. You can definitely level in PvP, um, or just start running a bunch of dungeons. So that's if you want to speed your character up. Right. If you're looking for ways to make your character more powerful, depends on a couple things. If you have another character already that is at CP level, do not forget to put your CP points into your brand new character as soon as you roll them. You can do that immediately, and that will start to provide your char- your brand new character with a lot of bonuses. Um, 
The other thing I would say, if you just want to have a good leveling experience, is don't forget to level up your gear around every 10 levels. So if you have a crafter and you can make stuff every 10 levels, if you have a buddy, if you have the funds to be able to invest in a new set of gear, about every 10 levels is pretty standard. And then as a caveat to that, do not forget your glyphs. Because they will make a gigantic difference in the viability of your character at lower levels. So I hope that wasn't too convoluted, but that's how I feel you could, you know, the investments you could make in order to maximize your character leveling experience. So everything you said was spot on. Uh, I'm going to take this a little bit different direction and say... Okay, like Cash said, there are a lot of different ways that you can invest in your characters. And there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of different ways that may seem more worth it to you than investing in, for instance, let's say you don't want to do experience scrolls, but you want to do something else. So you're like, hey, I want to I want to buy the banker, the assistant. You know, that's it's not cheap. It's not a cheap investment. It's 5,000 crowns. But if you want to do that, you can do that. If you're, if you're like me and you're like, I don't want to spend any crowns. I don't want to buy anything. I just want to play. Well, the best investment, I would say, would be kind of what I talked about earlier, is when you start a new character, and I've recently learned this, do not just go off a build. Do not just read through the skills, read through the, the initial introduction, You know, watch videos. I, but I would really encourage you to get out there in the world, in Tamriel, and run content with that character because it's great and i am all about getting to 50 fast i am um for the most part mainly because at this point it's alts for me but you know so i'm totally for doing the daily dungeons get those xp bonuses totally for doing the 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 battlegrounds and dolmens but i will say this as someone who's an avid pvper you are shortchanging yourself from a great mmo experience if you are only especially if this is your first time ever playing Elder Scrolls Online, only doing dolmens, only doing PvP, and even as far as to say, only doing dungeons, because you are missing the world. You are missing Tamriel, and you're missing all the layers that the devs spent countless hours creating and crafting for you. You're going to find your connection with your character more when you're out doing PvE content, as far as um, where you can a, a place where you can really see and understand your character, for instance, how much damage you're putting out, what ability really makes sense to use at that moment, versus just running a dolmen loop where you're constantly just spamming abilities and running around and getting XP. You're gonna find such a deeper, more immersive connection to your character than you will just running the dailies. So I would encourage you, if it was me, I would encourage you to get out there. Pick a zone and just go. And just learn, listen, read about your character. Really get into it. Because that's it's more this that's the biggest thing with MMOs where people can totally miss out is you you're like handicapping your experience in an MMO if you're not out there in Tamriel and you're not out there experiencing this stuff. There's some people who 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 do are listening right now that, that don't care about that and that's totally fine that's not your MMO experience, then that's fine. 
But for those who are, you know, really open to a lot of different things than just one specific thing, I would encourage you to get out there, just start chewing through content. I mean, pick something that relates to you. Like when I first came back, when we first started the show, I was progressing through my first serious quest line in ESO. And that for me was the Dark Brotherhood. That was something that really resonated with me, something that I've passionately loved over the course of the Elder Scrolls series. So I would pick something, whether it's a Thieves Guild, maybe it's the Fighters Guild or the Mages Guild, you know, what, whatever it is, maybe it's his own, do it. Get out there, get invested, and you're really going to appreciate your character a whole lot more. Dang, loudy, loudy, preach it. Sorry. <laughs> that was actually quite sexy. <laughs> well said, dude. Oh, thank you much. Uh, no, all right, a, you're right. You're right. At the bottom line is just take your time, take your time, yeah. learn your shtick. Yeah, man. The game. This is my small little soapbox, but the game has the content that a ton of these other games do not have. There's some out there that have the we same amount them. of you know lore and story. Yep. But it's super rare to find. There's, I mean, there's one game in particular I remember playing. I'm not going to say it. Um, because I'm, I just don't want to bring bad on anybody or say anything bad. But there is a game out there that I really, really enjoyed. But the game lacked story. And it drove me crazy. I looked everywhere for story within this gorgeous landscape. And character building. And deep, deep um, mechanics of this game. And... Um, I could not ever find the story in Black Desert Online. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Damn it, I said Man, that was that was one heck but of a deep system game. Yeah. It was super deep system and I like I liked the complexity of that game, you know, the travel mm-hmm. routes and all the, you know, the crafting and all of that stuff was fantastic, but there was not a lick of story in that game and that's where that's what I live I live for that in these games. Yeah, and ESO has it all. You just can't ignore what's in front of you. I mean, as much as we laugh about Stuga and want to shank her in her throat, right? Right. She's bringing you to story to a huge right. land that has way more story to be loved and learned and gone through, and yeah. you know things to to pick up and experience. And don't kick that in the nuts because it's there for you. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, yes, get out there. Have fun. Get invested. You will not regret it. So, uh, second piece of mail that we have here is from Daedric Ashley. Oh, I I love that name. Me too. Hey, Cash and Jibs. I just wanted you to know. Hang on. Yeah, I want you to know how much I love the lore lessons. Thank you. Uh I don't write them. He does, but I'll take credit. Thank you. Since you've already done one on the werewolves, <laughs> what can we expect to see one on vampires? Just kidding. Cash does a wonderful job on lore lessons. I love them. They're fantastic. That being said, oh, Cash. Thank you. Uh, should we let them in on a little tease? A little tease. Uh, yeah, we can. Well, make them do a little work for it. Okay. Sometime right. during Frostfall. Hmm, there you go. There you yes. Go. And that's all we're going to say. We're going to leave right there. Yes. Yep. You can expect a very fun month 
during Frostfall. Mm-hmm. Things will be happening on the show that'll be different. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's happening. Anyway, here you go, Frostfall. And that being said, that was the show. We hope you all enjoyed yourself. This was the Lore Seekers podcast. We hope uh, you guys had a good time. And if you did, I know you all are listening from numerous platforms. But if you're listening on iTunes, here's what we ask. If you enjoyed the show, go leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it for every five-star review that we get. We give you some shout-out, some love on the show. That being said, you can always call us for if you want to get featured in the mailbag segment. Maybe you have a question for us that you want us to talk about, or or maybe there was something that we talked about in the news or the lore that just really stood out to you, or or maybe even you know you're like, I don't know that I totally agree, but I appreciate you doing this, and here's the here's my take on it. You can totally call us seven six five three eight two sixty nine. 61. You can email us, and a lot of you, I've said this in the past, you all keep me emailing, and we love it. Podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit the uh, homepage, thelorasecretspodcast.com. And at the bottom, scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a handy-dandy little form there. I'll go right to our email, so you can do that. Cash, we have one heck of a community over at Lore Seekers. Yes, we do. Actually, this was um, this is the part of the show. We've gotten a couple of comments on this being the part of the show that people start to get bummed out because they realize the show's over for another week. Oh. And that, I know, I was like kind of blown away. But I do remember that feeling. Like, yeah. oh man, that's it. What am I going to do for a week? Well, if you're yeah. looking for something to do for a week, come join our community. There you go. There's lots of stuff going on in our community. Yeah. Um, anyway, official Lore Seekers Guild. Go to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You will have to have downloaded Discord already to join our Discord server. But then you just type forward slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel, which has been giving us a hell of a time lately. Jibs? Fixed? Yeah. It's fixed. Fixed. Perfect. It's fixed. If you have a problem, you shouldn't, but if you have a problem with uh, typing forward slash apply and having it work correctly. Just shoot one of us a uh, PM and we'll take care of you. Yeah, but join us. There you it's go. a good time. Yeah, yeah. they were... Uh, sorry for any of you who are applying the past week. They've uh, The developers of our application system went through an update and the update's been released. That being said, the update had some bugs so they've been working through it. So if you go to apply to guild, that, that channel, and you type slash apply and nothing happens... Look up in the top right-hand corner, and there's probably some staff lifted there, listed there. Ping Not them. staff infection. Correct. But staff. Not that. It's staff. Ping one of us and let us know, hey, you're having an issue, and we'll be happy to help you. We, I always have no problem DMing people. If they, if they need the app, private message to them, we can do that. Uh, that being said as well, yeah, come join us. Even if you, and I've said this before, even if you don't play SO, but man, you love Elder Scrolls. I know there's some of you who are doing that. You listen to the show. You don't play ESO. Come join us. It's totally cool. We'd love to have you. We'd love to talk we'll Elder talk Scrolls you, with you. We'll talk you into playing ESO. That's right. We've got, uh, currently, we've got Lore Seekers D&D. We've got Lore Seekers Fantasy Football. We've also got it to where we recently, we've got stuff happening behind the scenes where our listeners are telling us what they want to hear in the future of Lore Seekers so you can help shape 
the direction of this podcast for the future. There's all kinds of fun things that, that you can partake of. Uh, you can find this show wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places. Wherever it's free, we're there. Uh, speaking of Spotify, by the way, after you're done listening to the show, what you need to do is go queue up Somerset's official soundtrack because, bro, it's there. And it is delicious. Love it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, myself at JibsIRL, Cash at LoreSeekerCash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast at LoreSeekersCast. We hope you guys had a great week. Hope you have a great week ahead of you, too. And uh, we'll see you next week, next episode. Yes, we will. Oh, this wasn't it? No, we have we... another? Wait, wait, what? We do? Yes, we have another. We will oh, okay. always have another. Oh, okay. All right. Dilly, dilly! That's my line. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Dilly dilly. Sundas, 10th of last seed, second era, year 584. We took a day in the dampness of Malabal Tor to formulate a route. A storm had come into our area and it hadn't stopped raining for the whole day. We had settled on a plan. We'd head to the coast. We needed to find a haven to lay low while we wrapped our heads around what we'd gotten ourselves into. Jibs and I agreed that the mainland of Tamriel was not going to be a safe place. We didn't think Basram's reach would extend as far north as Reaper's March, but the run-in with the would-be assassins changed our minds rather quickly. Apparently, he had eyes everywhere. The one place we were certain he would have difficulty sending his agents was far from us, but we figured it was our best chance at finding secrecy. Somerset even with the travel bans recently lifted, it would be difficult to get his shady operatives past the speculation and discrimination of the divine prosecution. So even if they were poking around, they would be watched and scrutinized at every turn. Also, since my ancestral ties originated in the islands, I would most likely have the favor of the Altmer. It was our best bet. Getting there, however, was another story. We'd have to take it slowly, watch our backs, calculate our moves. The journey was a long one, with a big ocean in between. If we could just make it to the coast of Greenshade on the western edge of Valenwood, we would charter, or steal, a ship. At least then, in the open sea, we could see an ambush coming. But first things first, right? We were damn near out of supplies. Our flint and tinder was low, we needed some dry gear, and our weapons were in need of repair. So we decided to chance the road back to Bandari Trading. Along the way, we noticed something quite surprising. Huge tracks in the mud from what appeared to be a very large canine. Werewolves, we thought? Although we had heard tales of the creatures lurking in this region, we figured it was mostly tall tales and bedtime stories to scare children. 
We reluctantly just shrugged it off and continued along our path to Bandari. We reached the south entrance of the trading post at about mid-morning, stabled our guar, donned our hoods, and strode in. Bandari was a quiet little town. It was nestled under a partial canopy of trees that protected the merchants from the downpour, but even the large amount of rain didn't seem to stop the buyers from buying and the sellers from selling. Adorned with well-kept supply carts and traveling Kajiti merchant wagons, the town had a strange appeal to a weary traveler. Entertainers occupied a small stage where a flutist and a Kajiti dancer serenaded the shoppers into spending more coin on sale items. We dropped a few bits of coin in their bucket. Just because the sound of that flute brought a sense of peace to our hearts, even if only for a few moments. We noticed many adventurers riding in and out of town. This was a good thing. With the raw amount of traffic in town, we were much less likely to be noticed as long as we kept a low profile. This appeared to be a bustling hub for travelers coming into resupply and then heading back out into the wilds in search of, well, whatever they were in search of. There was a tavern here, the Silver Moon's Inn, but we resisted the urge. Well, almost. Jibs was so thirsty for a good ale, he knocked on the back door of the inn where they sold him a mini keg of local brown ale and some new mugs. He even bought an extra, just in case anyone happened upon our campfire at night. We may be laying low, but we were still hospitable if anybody needed to rest their weary feet. Well done, brother, I thought. Gathering the supplies we needed was much easier than we had anticipated. Since it was a trading town, they made it easy on its shoppers and merchants. We were given a small cart to use while we gathered our goods, so we stocked up on everything our guar could carry. A few pounds of dried and salted venison, bushels of carrots and potatoes, full water skins, a few various potions, dry robes, and some rare seasoning sacks that I couldn't resist. We also bought some tanned and impregnated skins to keep it all dry during our journey south. Valenwood wasn't exactly known to be dry, as evidenced by the constant downpour. Satisfied with our query, we packed our guar, paid the stable master for feeding, watering, and demudifying our loyal mounts, and then headed toward the front gate. As luck would have it, a Kajidi tradesman waylaid us at the gate. I guess we reeked of adventure, despite our best attempts at being invisible, because he begged us to help him with investigating a band of mercenaries he'd hired to protect the outpost at Bandari. Trouble is, he'd received word the Gold Coast mercenaries were planning to double-cross him. Maybe it was something in this kitty's eyes that set us to feeling sorry for him. Despite our attempts to move about unnoticed, we reluctantly decided to help him. His plan was quite sinister, After we helped him ambush a courier from the Gold Coast carrying a message to the mercenaries, we confirmed their plan. The mercenaries were indeed planning to betray the Khajiit and raid the trading outpost. So we set his plan into motion. Kind of scoffed at the plan at first. Of course, he wouldn't be accompanying us on this crazy adventure, and it was quite ambitious. But werewolf hunting? He wanted us to go werewolf hunting. We were to track down a band of Hercene's worshippers, locate a werewolf among them, cut off its paws, 
and take them back to the mercenary camp. Bold, we thought, but necessary to help this merchant in need. So we did. Let's be real here. We'd never seen a werewolf up close. And even though we surprised him in his sleep, he fought like a beast. We eventually overtook him and dispatched him in the most humane way possible, but we were shaken nonetheless. This beast was massive. Gray, mottled fur, razor-sharp claws, and a massive snout that could have eaten our heads in whole had we not gotten the jump on him. Our staves were shaking when we took him down due to our rattling nerves. But we did as we were asked and separated his paws from his body. I actually rock, paper, scissor jibs into the deed. Then we hastily returned to the Khajiit. His plan continued. We were to sneak into the mercenaries' camp, kill a few of their leaders on the sly, and then scratch them to hell with the severed werewolf's claws. He wanted to make it look like the houndsmen, the worshippers of her scene, attacked the camp so the mercenaries would retaliate. It was actually brilliant. By shifting the focus of the mercenaries to the houndsmen, they would attack each other and probably lose to the followers of her scene. Defeated, the mercenaries would abandon their plans to attack the outpost. Much to our surprise, it worked like a charm. We finished up helping the Khajiit. He rewarded us handsomely, enough to cover the cost of the supplies we had purchased. But we decided to not stop for any more requests and headed out of town with a bit more haste this time. As we trotted through the muddy forests, we were on edge. More werewolf tracks adorned our path. The rumors were certainly true, and it was quite unnerving. There was an inundation of werewolves in this area, and we couldn't quite understand why. Best be on high alert. Just before leaving town, we dropped an encrypted scroll with the courier to be delivered to one of our agents. We were to meet him in Volkwaston within a few days, but we knew we had a trek ahead of us. With the weather taking a foul turn, and now the thought of a journey wrought with werewolves, we were questioning ourselves as to just when, or if, we'd make our meeting.